0: When it comes to people and wanting to lose weight, they look at their goals as being more finite. They're thinking, oh, I want to get into that wedding dress. I want to get into my skinny jeans. There's no finish line here. This is something that is going to be a part of your life for the rest of your life.
1: Coming up, Ariane talks with fitness expert Bob Harper, next on Change Nation from the first 30 days. Bob Harper has been one of the most popular trainers in Hollywood for some time, getting people like Madonna, Gwyneth Paltrow, Ben Stiller and Ellen DeGeneres into great shape. You're more likely to recognize the devastatingly good-looking trainer on NBC's hit show The Biggest Loser. Now, he has a new book out called Are You Ready? Take charge, lose weight, get in shape and change your life forever where he explains step-by-step step how can you can lose weight for life. Bob is here with me today on Change Nation to talk about this new book and to share his tips on a change that so many of us would like to make, losing weight. Bob, it's a pleasure to welcome you to the show.
0: Oh, it's so great to be
1: here. So, Bob, my first question is, why is it that some people can eat anything, not exercise, stay thin, and so many of us put on weight?
0: Oh, those people drive me nuts. They they, do. they were blessed with a high metabolism. Unfortunately, they are in a very small minority.
1: I know so many of us look at them and go, it's just unfair. It is unfair. It's unfair. I mean, I have to, I have to work out
0: all the time. I have to make the right choices that I try to teach people all the time. So those people that um, get it easy, uh, I have no, uh, it dri- they drive me nuts.
1: <laughs> so on, on that same vein, what are some of the worst myths, beliefs, things that you sort of try and bust out of people immediately when they're even thinking about losing weight?
0: Well, I think one of the first things I try to tell people is that you've got to eat to lose weight. People think that once they go on a diet, they're going to have to start starving themselves. And it's it's actually getting them on a proper eating schedule. It's like I kind of like compare it to a baby. And when you have a baby and you have to feed your baby, uh, like constantly throughout the day every several hours it's the same thing you have a baby that is like um, more manageable and is, uh, is, is is easier to to handle it's the same with adults when you have a person that's trying to um, change their eating habits and you get them consistently for instance eating every four hours or so then they're going to have better resolve, they're going to have better discipline as opposed to someone thinking, oh I have to starve myself and then they get to that point where they're just like "I." they're going to eat whatever, whatever they can find to put their hands on
1: Is there a belief or a myth about exercise that we should bust up front? Uh,
0: I think that the first one would be that um, never work out on an empty stomach I mean, that is one, that, that's one myth out there that uh, I have done a lot of damage control on I try to tell people this you've got to eat before you work out because it's going to properly fuel your body so you have a more effective workout.
1: So tell me something real quick. What should I eat before I work out? Well,
0: uh, I try to get people, especially like if they're doing a morning workout, I get up every single morning and uh, I have oatmeal and um, and a glass of milk because for me, the oatmeal is going to give me the carbs that I need. There's some protein in the milk that I'm having. So uh, it to me, it's just a no-brainer. I have a better workout, I burn more calories, and it's the right fuel my body needs.
1: So let's look at your book. I have it here, and I'm just curious, what do you feel is different about this book compared to all these other books that might be out there?
0: Well, I think that what makes my book different is that it definitely uh, hits more home on the psychological end, because I've been working with contestants on The Biggest Loser for such a long time now, and I think that the common denominator that I've found with them is their lack of self-worth. And so for me, I get in touch with that part, that inner compass, and dial them back in where they grow more accepting of where they are, where they're more realistic with their goals, and the weight starts to fall off. And to me, my book is a lifestyle change as opposed to it just being get a six pack in six weeks.
1: I want to talk a lot more about the book, but I want to come back to something I know you said previously, which is weight loss is all mental. Is that tied to self-esteem? Is it tied to to stress? Is it?
0: Oh, I think so. I think that with, when it comes to people and wanting to lose weight, they they look at their goals as being more finite. They're thinking, oh, I want to get into that wedding dress. I want to get into the, uh, the, my skinny jeans, whatever it is. And I try to tell people in the very beginning that there's no finish line here. This is something that is going to be a part of your life for the rest of your life. And it's about just trying to make better food choices in the course of your day, and it's about trying to um, move your body around a little bit more. And I think that when you look at it in those terms, it becomes more realistic because we're bombarded with all this publicity and advertising with these women and men that have these unreachable bodies because, truth be told, I mean they don't even have those bodies a lot of times on the covers of magazines. So I think that when you get people to just work with what they have, respect themselves enough, and respect their bodies enough, then they're going to have a better quality of life. And that's what I'm all about.
1: Bob, if someone's in the first 30 days of thinking about this, I know one of the things you talk about is the importance of really being ready. Yes. What What does that mean? I well, think I've been ready for years. <laughs>
0: well, that's the first question I always ask people is like, are you ready? Because until you're ready, my book, for instance, it would only be words in a book or words on pages. You've got to be able to take charge of this and you've got to be able to um, have ownership. And when you're ready, then there's nothing that you can do. There's nothing, there's no excuse that will stand in, in your way. So what we'll gets someone ready well, I think that for a lot of people it could be a health scare. It could be just all of a sudden realizing that I just don't feel good anymore. The uh, the clothes that I used to wear don't fit. They're too tight. It's 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 that you're avoiding yourself in a mirror. You um don't want to get your picture taken anymore because you don't want to see what you look like. And when all of a sudden you take that ownership and you go, "Okay, you know what? Uh, l- l- lumps and all, this is me. This is what this is who I am." And uh, I do want to start making changes. That's when a person is in that classic position of uh, being ready.
1: So let's talk about this inner compass plan. How do I get in touch with my inner compass? What are the steps involved in doing that?
0: I think the main thing, it becomes this, I, always, I talk about a food journal and being able to uh, keep a track of what you're eating because it becomes so much more. It becomes about like not only what you're eating, but kind of a, a guidance of how you're feeling and what what's going on in your head because the things that we say to ourselves it's it, it can be so damaging, and I try to be so much more uplifting about it. So it gets, you, get, you, you get targeted in of how you really feel about yourself. That's the, tr- that's the first step of that inner compass. It's getting yourself in that arena of, okay, you know what? I, I, I have gained 100 pounds or 50 pounds or whatever it may be, and then being able to work from your starting point.
1: What's the second step? I think the second step
0: is just implementing it it's it's about it's about going on in your life and people say in a 12-step program of fake it until you make it it's kind of in that same same term it's like if you don't see what's going on you have to almost like kind of trust that whole process of it and that's what my whole book is about is just like kind of trusting the process and then all of a sudden you realize that you are implementing these small tools of writing down your feelings writing down what you're eating and taking in a self-evaluation of yourself breaking old
1: habits what's the best thing that anyone can say to themselves when they look at themselves in the mirror, despite of how much weight they have or need to lose? Well, I
0: think that that's different with everyone. I think that, uh, you know, I've made references to people that I've worked with before. I had one girl that the only thing that she liked about herself was her smile. And I mean, it can be that simple. It could be the smallest thing, but being able to just like turn change that way of thinking, turning off that, that inner tape recorder and, and playing a different song. It's like, she was so fixated on how big her butt was and how much she hated it. I was like, okay, I get it. And you get it. And you say it to yourself every time you look at yourself, how much you hate your butt, but it's like, start focusing on one thing that you like about yourself. It's that small step that really makes you change your way of thinking.
1: I guess your body is always eavesdropping on what you're saying. Absolutely.
0: I mean, you're just like, you know what you really feel about yourself. The things that go on in our own heads and our own mind are things that you know, a lot of people would never want to share. And it's just like, I believe in turning the light on. I believe in waking up that, that elephant that's living in so many people's living room.
1: I know one of the things you believe in is a deep sort of spiritual connection to something greater. Yes. And I just love the idea of how that might be connected to a weight loss program. certainly hasn't been connected in the past. I know.
0: I think that it's having faith. It's so hard. I, I always tell people it's so easy to have faith when everything's going really well. It's when, it's when life really throws you for a loop, and that's when you really have an opportunity to get closer to God or your higher power or, or whatever it is for you. And I really bring that into the arena of weight loss because I think that it really does have something to do with it. When you have faith, when you have faith in the process, you have faith in yourself, you have faith in your support group, I mean, you have faith in your faith can just extend so in so many directions.
1: How easy is it to embark on this journey alone, without a trainer, without necessarily a gym with all the equipment or, or a friend to sort of keep you motivated? Is it possible?
0: I think that it's absolutely possible because the one thing that we all have is the triumph of the Spirit. And... Are we we can put we can do anything that we put our minds to, and when you give people that kind of strength or that kind of power, and you go, okay, you know what? I can make this kind of change. I can do something different. When you get people thinking like that they're not going to have those excuses anymore of uh, if I had a trainer or if I could afford a gym membership because they're going to find something that works for them.
1: So for that category of people, what have you found does work? What are low-hanging fruit ways of really getting started?
0: Well, I think that uh those those first steps uh, like I said about um starting that food journal is is a real helpful way. But then like the practical, I remember I used to think that getting people to um eat all organic was something that was going to be great because I like I tend to eat all organic. But um one thing I realized is a lot of people on budgets really can't afford anything like that. So, uh it's getting people – showing them that they can go to a, a certain kind of grocery store and find all the food that they could could and need at, like, a Costco, for instance. It's just – when you give people kind of, like, practical way of thinking and doing, then uh, it becomes it, – it just works some more.
1: Bob, on to – more specifics about an eating plan. I know in your book you say that it is absolutely not a diet and I know earlier you said this is something there, there's no finish line to, so it's really day-by-day steps that we incorporate into our lives. Uh, What do we need to know about food that we might have gotten wrong in the past about losing weight?
0: Well, I think that a lot of people have such a bad idea about fruit, for instance, or carbohydrates because the body Needs carbohydrates for fuel. I think that so many people were so fixated on just relying on uh, all protein diets, for instance, and like those to me aren't realistic. When I think of when I when I hear someone try to cut a major food group out of an eating plan, it just doesn't seem like it's going to work for the long haul. And that's why I've given people a virtual plethora of food to eat because people have just kind of forgotten all the other great things that are out there. And when it comes to fruits and vegetables, I mean, your options are boundless. And there's no fruit that I would tell you you couldn't eat or a vegetable because uh, people are always like, what about the sugar in certain fruits? I'm like, I think we need to be more concerned about the sugar that we're getting at a fast food restaurant or something like that, as opposed to the sugar that we're getting in something that's growing from a tree.
1: Bob, are there any foods that we've got to watch out for? I think the,
0: um, some of the foods that we need to watch out for are the ingredients in food, specifically foods with high fructose corn syrup, foods that have trans fat, foods that have partially hydrogenated oils. The main thing is when it comes to what you're eating, you've got to think about the shelf life of your food. If your food has a shelf life of longer than two weeks, then chances are the food has been very processed. That's what you want to avoid.
1: Do any... Of the quick fixes, work are any of them good? Uh, I am just definitely not a quick fix person. I've
0: I've seen people lose uh, a, a lot of weight eating just protein, and I've seen them gain it all back. I've seen people that got gastric bypass surgery that have gained it all back because they don't look at the psychological. It's about just becoming accepting of yourself. It's about it's about just starting to like yourself again. And that, to me, is what I find works the best and for the longest.
1: I want to talk about exercise as well, given that is one of the things that yes. you do and you do best. What is the essence of a, a good plan of exercise versus well, a unattainable one or one that you know someone's just going to fall off?
0: Got it. I, with my... With my fitness plan. That's why I've started. Like the first month, I get people just doing a cardio routine where if it's walking, uh, going on a power walk before they go to work, The main thing is setting up a routine. And I think that, again, it goes to like just like with food. It's with your fitness also. It's getting a routine, that me time. I know that as busy as my schedule is, I'm going to find time to work out because that's the time that I'm going to be basically recharging myself. When I'm recharged, I'm going to be able to take care of all the work that I need to take care of and all the people that I need to take care of. So when you get yourself on a routine – that's when you can start mixing it all up and trying different kinds of workouts. And that's how I started like the next plan of my book of just like incorporating, I'm a big circuit training kind of a guy. So it like, it gives people a smaller way of looking at it because it can be really overwhelming for someone that's never gone to a gym and they see all this equipment out there and they're like, oh my God, I don't know what all to do. It's like, find one piece of equipment, find two different body parts that you're going to be focusing on today. Do your cardio, do your cardio, get those body parts done, and then get out.
1: How do I know if what I'm doing is too little exercise? I might be thinking, well, I'm getting to the gym and that's good enough.
0: Well, and you know what? A lot of times it is going to be good enough because if you're on that routine and you're getting into the gym and... For instance, if you only have a half an hour to work out, I, I get people saying this to me all the time, it's like, well, I only had a half an hour to work out, so I didn't work out. Well, you do the math on that. Tell me what, what would be better, to work out a half an hour or not work out at all. So it's being more efficient with your time as you go into the gym. So you think, all right, if I only have a half an hour and my objective is to lose weight, well, you know what? I'm probably going to spend that half an hour doing a cardio workout.
1: Bob, were you always... This fit and this disciplined and this healthy? No,
0: absolutely not. I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life at uh, at 42. Uh, it's been a long time coming. I, I mean, I grew up on a on a farm in Tennessee, and I uh, uh, I kind of never as as active as I would be in the summers on the farm. Uh, I didn't do a lot of sport in school, and and I wasn't I wasn't the the fittest kid. I wasn't an overweight kid, but I was like I've always made that joke of like being like the skinny fat kid that uh, a lot of a lot of people can really relate to. And then what happened? I think I just it was when I um moved to Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, I was living beside this exercise studio, and it was just like it it was almost like a calling there. I went I saw these people kind of coming in and out, and I wanted to be a part of what they were doing there.
1: And well, I'm sure you found tremendous pleasure in sort of helping people. That, to me, is what it's all about. Yes. And that was the first
0: thing I learned when I started becoming a, a personal trainer. I had a mentor that from that exercise studio, and she said that it is such a personal job, and it is about, it is about getting people to start feeling better. And that is something that I've held on for almost, oh, my God, almost 20 years.
1: Bob, well, I have a couple more questions. One is from a lot of women that I've spoken to here in New York City. How do you deal with the last 10 pounds syndrome?
0: <laughs> those damn last 10 pounds.
1: Where it's important, but it's just not that important. I know. But it affects and, and you. I
0: tell people when it comes down to those last 10 pounds, you've got to go back to your basics. Go back to the beginning of what you did, how disciplined you were, how your, how structured you made yourself, and that's what you have to go back to. Too, I find that that's one of the things to do when uh, when it's trying to get those last ten pounds off.
1: So for people listening who are like, I'm inspired, I'm committed, I'm I'm motivated, I'll go get Bob's book. And it, when it comes to the first thirty days, can you already tell people who are going to stick to it and people who are going to not? Well, I
0: am. I'm a forever optimist, and I believe that people have ebbs and flows in their lives and. They, they have the best intentions, but it's just like it's just constantly reminding them about it. So if people start to feel in those first 30 days and then they start to waver, you just have faith that they're going to come back, that something's going to trigger them back. And that's why having my book in their hand is going to be something that, they can be, that will be a constant reminder for them.
1: So just finishing off the three most important tips for someone who wants to get started right now, what do you think they are?
0: I think that less is more. You don't want to change everything all at once because if you try to change everything all at once, then you're going to set yourself up for failure. That would be the first thing that I would say. The second one is to stop drinking your calories. People are drinking so many sodas and 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 high sugary drinks. That will, that alone will um, start to lose weight. And the third thing is watch your portion control. I get people all the time that are are so skeptical about changing their eating program and I'm like this, okay, you know what? Let's not change what you're eating at all. Let's just change how much of it you're eating and then they'll lose weight.
1: So Bob, the way we end off all our interviews here on the show is we asked all our experts the same three questions and they're actually three questions all about change in general so they're not subject specific. So here they are. What is the belief that you personally go to during times of change in your life?
0: Oh my God, that's easy. That is, (laughs) that's God. I mean, that is just my place that I go to that just like keeps me
1: sane. Fill in the sentence, the best thing about change is? The best thing about change
0: is the uncertainty of what's ahead. I believe that life's biggest accomplishments come in the free fall of life.
1: And what is the best change that you've ever made? Uh, The best change I ever made was packing
0: up my car in Nashville, Tennessee and driving across country by myself uh, to Los Angeles, California with no money, no nothing, just a dream. And that's what I always tell people. If you believe it enough, do it. Follow your dreams and, and go for them with everything that you've got and you can achieve greatness.
1: We love those kind of stories and changes here. Bob, thank you. How exciting, fun. I feel I'm getting a workout just talking to you.
0: It it has been fantastic talking
1: to you. So many people love you. My whole team is in love with you and I hope our paths cross somewhere soon.
0: I would love that.
1: You've been listening to Bob Harper on Change Nation. For more information, please run out and get his book. Are You Ready? And certainly visit his website as well mytrainerbob.com And for more interviews with other fabulous experts and change agents, please visit us at first30days.com. Thanks for listening to Change Nation from the First 30 Days. Please visit us on iTunes in the Society and Culture podcast section under Philosophy. Remember to take time to leave us feedback about the show. We'd love to know what you think. Change Nation is a production of The First 30 Days, Incorporated. Copyright 2008. All rights reserved.